0: Father God, I ask this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would give us understanding, that you would allow us to comprehend what your word is saying to us and that we could consider it. Lord and that it would make its way from our heads
1: to our hearts
0: and that it would transform who we are and that we would walk together in this identity that you've given us but this morning through the power of your word Holy Spirit I pray that you would give us perspective that matches yours that we would be your children and we would see our lives we would see this world we would see the reality that we can't see as you see it Father give us eyes to see that help us this morning in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Alright, so we're going to continue with Hebrews
1: 11.
0: And quickly, the big idea for the chapter as a whole is this idea of faith. And we've talked about faith, or we're going to talk about faith in three different parts. Faith begins with thinking. We start to consider God's words, think about His words, And then it would lead to belief. Where we would actually trust his words. And then it results in devotion. Where his words that we've thought about and that we believe now make its way into our lives. That we would actually demonstrate that those words are true. And so we've been in the middle part. This idea that, that faith leads to belief, that we would trust God's words. And that's where we're going to remain today as we consider and as we walk through this passage. Last time we considered Abraham and Sarah, and we saw that God's words about Life to Abraham and to Sarah was that life was uncertain. That God does not give us promises about exactly how life is gonna go. But God's word is certain about how life will finish. Those are the reality of his words that he's given to us, right? We we sum that up in this idea that life this process of life. It can
1: suck.
0: <coughs> it's difficult. It's hard. Our, situ- our situation, our circumstances are not easy. But we need to remember and establish this ultimate goal. Well, what is the ultimate goal in this process of life? And, and, and I don't want us to understand, or do we think that it's, I just got to make it here. That's the goal of life, is just, just to make it there. And I ask ourselves, when we finish, when our life is over, when this process of life is over, is there something beyond that? something more something greater because in this life we finish one thing and what's the next question what's next I was at David's graduation on Friday night we walked out to the football field after it was over and what were the first words I heard from his dad say to David
1: David
0: What's next? Right. He just completed his education through the 12th grade. He has his high school diploma and the question is that's great, you finished but what's next? Is there something more? We experience that in our lives over and over and over again. There's always more. There's always something more to do. Something else to start. Something else we need to finish. We're never completely done. And I want us to see our lives, this life of faith, in the same way.
1: But there's more. There's something beyond just
0: finishing this life. Something deeper, something greater. As we read the passage, it was at the very end, verse 16. In the middle of verse 16, I want you to focus on these words. I don't want us to move past these words and just see them as just reading through, reading through, reading through. No, let's focus on what this is saying because I think this is what's beyond.
1: Okay?
0: It says, Therefore, God is not ashamed
1: to be called their God. And
0: we should read that. And that should amaze us. That is saying that God, the God of the universe, the God of creation, after this point, what's beyond this, is that He would not be ashamed to be called our God. Now the scriptures repeatedly speak of places where we should not be ashamed to call Him God but this is the only place in Hebrews right here where it says that God will not be ashamed
1: to be our God.
0: That's amazing. That he would look at us as his children. he says, I'm not ashamed that you're my children. I am honored that you're my children. That's what's beyond this life. That we would experience that. That we would feel that completely. Because the other possibility because God is not going to experience shame God will not be shamed the only other opportunity is that we would not be his children and he would not be our God because God's not going to have children that he's ashamed of but in this place beyond this life beyond when we finish this life this is what is promised this is the ultimate promise that God would be our God and that we would be His people that we would be with Him fully and completely as His children, as His sons as His daughters so I want you to think about that I want you to imagine for a moment
1: for a moment
0: What that would be like. What that would feel like. Uh, That experience to hear God say about you, about us, that He is honored
1: to be our God.
0: Beyond this life, place yourself there that's not something we should move past that's a big deal that's uh, the purpose that's the ultimate goal That's what we're striving for, moving towards. After the finish, that's what we will experience. And here, on this earth, for a moment. We can get a taste of that. Right? We get little tastes, little experiences of what it means or what it feels like to know that God is not ashamed to be our God. That we could be his people. And that he'll be our God. We come together as a church. Like that's the point behind this, right? Is to worship him and proclaim that you are our God. And we are your people.
1: That's the point
0: of why we gather together. That's the point of worshiping with our lives but it's not complete it's not in its fullness because we know as we talked about last week as we walk through this the reality is that life sucks life is hard life is difficult and our situations our circumstances are always
1: changing
0: Going through that process. But it's more than just my life. It's difficult. It's more than just your life is difficult. The entire world, this place, this creation is broken. Okay? My life is broken to an extent. Your life is broken to an extent. And this place, this neighborhood, this state, this country, this world is broken. It does not work the way it was designed and created to work. That's the reality of our situation. Sin has destroyed it, it's destroyed this order that God originally created but God's word continues
1: so
0: we continue in verse
1: 16
0: therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God right for he has prepared a city for them now here's where we come back to this idea of faith
1: that that trusts God's
0: words, right? That believes God's words. Abraham, last week, was looking forward to this city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. That's what we read in verse 10. He was looking forward to this city, and now here at the end of verse 16, it's talking about God is not ashamed to be our God, and we know that because He has prepared this city for us he's ordered it he's designed it he is constructing it he's the builder he's the architect of this place of this time where we will be with him and he will not be ashamed to call us his children he's preparing that that's what's beyond this life. That's what we're going to experience. That's this ultimate goal. And that's what Abraham was looking for. That's what we are looking for. Right? Last week I said, our lives are just like Abraham's. Okay? Our lives are just like Noah's. Are we going to believe God's words and trust Him? Are we going to continue by faith? Do we have the same ultimate goal as Abraham, as Sarah, as these that it talks about? This is not something for Old Testament folks, and now we have something different, something new after the cross.
1: Right? We have the
0: same ultimate goal that God would be our God and that we would be his people. It didn't change. And this city is literally a gathering of people. You don't have people, you don't have a city. You don't have people, Lanark is just land, okay? It's not a neighborhood. You don't have people, we're not the church. This building is a building, it's not the church. We, when we're gathered, we're the church. And God says, I am preparing this city for you, this gathering of people where you will be together. And I want to give us a picture of that. I want to give us this reference as to what God is referencing when He says the city. Because I could tell you, I want you to think of this heavenly city. And you guys are going to get all kinds of images that you've seen in Sunday school or in magazines and these cartoon pictures of what heaven looks like. okay? But I want you to see what God's word says about this city. Let go of all that other stuff and let's just actually believe God's word for what it says. And I'm going to give you a piece of that description, how it begins that description of this heavenly gathering of God's people that he's not ashamed to call his people. It's one chapter from the end of the Bible.
1: Revelations 21, verse 3 and 4.
0: This is the first description. This is how the description begins of this city. John is saying he heard this loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among His people. And He will dwell with them.
1: Right?
0: Right? This is a picture of the city, and God's going to be with His people, and His people are going to be with God. That's how it describes and begins to give us an explanation, a picture of this city. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them, and be their God.
1: That's a picture
0: of heaven. That's a picture of this city and then verse 4 says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain or any other difficult situation or circumstance that you are experiencing now or will experience before the end of your life it will all be wiped away why? for the old order of things has passed away this creation that we have destroyed through sin will pass away and there'll be this new heaven this new earth this new order this new civilization in a sense that word city this the society where everything will be right as god intended and we're going to be his people and he's going to be our god that's heaven. Es That's the city. Es and he's sitting on the throne. This is Jesus está Christ.
1: Allí, en trono Jesús está
0: this will be our new reality.
1: Esa nueva
0: our lives, our world,
1: vidas,
0: our reality world. will nuestra be made new.
1: Va a ser hecho that's the promise. That's what's beyond es, es, de, de, this. It
0: will be personal,
1: Va ser personal for me, for you. Para mí, para ustedes,
0: and it will be collective y for all mi, those who by los faith los, continue through this life and finish. It will be a new kingdom when Jesus came what was he bringing
1: he was bringing this kingdom
0: this reign that in its fullness we're going to experience beyond this life it will not be ordered on power or pride or position that's not how this world this new this city is ordered that old order what we experience now that is ruled by pride and position and power it's gone and the last become first and the first become last and it's turned upside down that's how it will be ruled by service by humility and by justice absolute perfect
1: perfect
0: that's the goal es el that's what God's word promises
1: lo que, lo que la de Dios,
0: that he will do
1: que lo que va a
0: so do we believe that
1: en eso?
0: do we trust that en eso? do we have this faith that leads Devemos to belief
1: because
0: currently life sucks we're not at the finish. And so, how do we continue? How do we continue in this broken life, this broken reality, this broken world? In order to finish in this place where God is not ashamed to call us
1: His children, it's not
0: ashamed to be our God, we can completely know Him and be with Him and be in relationship with Him. And I believe that's what this passage is describing. It's describing this new perspective that we have to have. This new perspective. If this is our ultimate goal, then this is the perspective we need to have. We need to have a long-term perspective beyond today, beyond tomorrow, beyond the following day. But our perspective needs to even be beyond the finish. It needs to be here, okay? In this place where God's not ashamed to be our God. We need to have a long-term perspective. And then our perspective also should be an immigrant perspective. A long term perspective and an immigrant perspective. So I'm gonna walk through those as we finish. I want to walk through those with the rest of this passage, right? Understanding what we just went through. This is the goal. Okay, this is what we're after. So, what's our perspective to get there? If we're gonna believe God's words. First long term the beginning of verse
1: 13.
0: Everybody with me? I'm excited about this. I want y'all to be excited about this. Like, this is a big deal. This like, okay, you want the one thing your life should be about. This is it. So how should we see that?
1: esto es.
0: Look at verse 13. All these people, it's at least talking about Abraham and Sarah, it's most likely talking about their sons and their grandsons and their families. They were still living by faith when they died. Other translations say very literally, very directly, they died in faith. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They died in faith. They had faith and they died. If you have faith, the result for this life Is you're going to die. Everybody okay with that?
1: They had faith
0: and they died. If we have faith, the ultimate promise is not for this life, it's for beyond this life. They didn't receive those promises in life, in their experience. All these things that God had said about them being His people and Him being their God. They didn't experience it in fullness. They died not receiving it. So how does that make you feel that I tell you, you have a God-given lifetime goal that you're going to die trying to reach, but you will not reach it? That's what this says. They died in faith. We're going to die in faith. Because it's not about our situation.
1: It's not about our
0: circumstances. Ultimately, this life is not about life. It's about something greater, something bigger. There is more to life than this life. Period. That's what God's word says. Do we believe it? Are we willing to have a goal, the ultimate goal for our lives that is beyond this life? I grew up with what's my goal right now I need a, a goal for this year I need a goal for the next five years I need a goal for my, my life and my, my family and my marriage and my, my education I need goals Necesito and yet all the while
1: my ultimate goal
0: I won't reach it not in this life But our issue
1: pero problema,
0: when we have such a hard time with this perspective
1: tan, punto de vista,
0: is that we focus
1: es que nos
0: not on this long-term promise but on this a short-term
1: promise term promises. promises the
0: short-term will, will this will this happen for me will will, 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 I, will i get this will i receive that will will this go well for me and, and it can be good things okay it can be good things that you are trapped in this short-term perspective about It can be your marriage. It can be your family. It can be your service in this neighborhood. It can be your job. It can be your security. It can be your comfort. It can be all those things. But if those things become ultimate, if they come beyond and before, God not being ashamed to call you his child then it's Entonces, in a wrong place. A eso, de que no va a ser,
1: ser
0: we can't define our lives no by those things. Por esas cosas. These short-term things.
1: Cosas que no están en el
0: Whatever you can think of, What's the longest relationship right now in your life? What's the longest thing that has remained consistent? It will not last beyond your life. As I shared last time, I've been married for almost 19 years. My marriage will not last forever. It's going to be done and over sometime in this period and process of my life. Everything here is that way. It's not ultimate. It's temporary. It's not long-term. It's short-term. So I want you to think about the things in your life right now that you are focused on, that you have thought about. And that you are seeking and that you desire and that you want for your life. And I'm not saying they're bad things. But what's the place of those things in your life? Or any of those things, have they, have they raised up to become ultimate? Or do they take their place underneath this desire, underneath this goal, underneath this... Passion to be God's child. Those other things aren't wrong. But they need to be in the right order. Our perspective has to be long term. If it's not, you can get all those things that you're after. Or you cannot get one of them if you don't have this long term perspective your life will crumble because you're building your foundation on that and not your foundation in this city, this place, this gathering of God's people right where he's the architect, he's the builder you're building your own kingdom when you raise those things above this ultimate promise that God has given us Because there will always be something else.
1: There will always
0: be more you desire, more you want, something next, something next, something next. Whatever you achieve, whatever you accomplish,
1: there's more to do.
0: And that can be exhausting. And he says they only saw these promises, right, from far off, from a distance it says and they welcomed them from a distance when you welcome someone what do you do if I'm welcoming Tim because he's one of my favorite
1: people to welcome
0: Tim. Do I just stand here and I wait for Tim and say, Tim, you're, you're welcome here. Come on, Tim. Tim. Right? Because I know Tim, and Tim won't come to me. Right? But if I'm going to welcome Tim, then I'm going to Tim, and I'm going to embrace Tim, I'm going to find Tim, and this is what he really likes, and he wants a warm embrace from me. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't welcome him from up here and wait for him to come to me. I draw near to him. I run to him. And it says they were welcoming, running to, drawing near these things always from a distance. They were going and they were getting closer and they were getting closer, but it was always from a distance, and they never actually received this promise. Now Tim may wish that I would actually never get there to hug him every time that I see him but the goal is beyond that where God would embrace us whereas we draw near to him then at this place beyond our life he would welcome us in and he would embrace us and he would hold us and he would not be ashamed to be our God and we're not ashamed to be his kids but we keep going and it's always at a distance and this is a hard thing to grasp it's a difficult idea that we just keep going keep going but yet we have seen we have heard about the price. I want to share with you guys a clip. This is from Martin Luther King Jr. And I think it, as I read his works, as I listen to his sermons, it is an awful thing. That the church in America has in some way disqualified him, right? This this, uh, this conservative majority church. Yeah, well, he was a civil rights activist. He was a man of faith. And if you read his words and you listen to what he says, he was continuing by faith. And I want, as we listen to him, to hear this picture of what it meant for him to see these promises from a distance and to welcome them from a distance. This is the day before he is assassinated. This is his last public speech and these are the last words of his last public speech before he actually goes beyond the finish. And I want you to hear his perspective and and listen is his perspective long term the This perspective beyond this okay. life, this situation and ver, these circumstances.
1: Si, ustedes, ¿Cómo tienes punto de vista? ¿Estás pensando en el futuro o estás pensando en And I look over, and I see the Promised Land.
0: He died in faith. His life was over the next day. He didn't receive the things promised in this life. But in the middle of that, in the middle of his situation, which is difficult for us to comprehend 50 years later, he's like, I'm not afraid. It really doesn't matter now. He had talked in the speech before about all these things he'd seen, all these things he experienced. And he said, like, Now I know I've got my eyes on the prize. It's on the long term perspective. I've seen the glory of the coming of the Lord, and that's what matters. And we're going to continue on, and there are difficult days ahead, and life is not going to necessarily get easier. But we have seen we have heard of we know the promised land we have seen this city and nothing else in comparison should really matter is your perspective long term are your ultimate goals for this life
1: metas están esta vida.
0: Or for beyond. Are we willing to die Nosotros in faith? Estamos
1: dispuestos a morirnos en
0: la fe? Are we willing to continue knowing?
1: we're
0: a Going to die in faith and this life.
1: Que la fe que tenemos en esta vida.
0: We have to believe that. But that doesn't mean that we walk around with our, our heads in the clouds. As you think about that example of Martin Luther King Jr., did he walk around with his heads in the clouds just so... He was, so heavenly focused that he was no earthly good. He had this long-term perspective but yet he walked out this incredible life
1: for justice.
0: And we are supposed to be the same way. We're not to withdraw from the brokenness in this world. We're not to go hiding from it. We don't gather here to hide from the difficulty and the circumstances and the brokenness in our lives and in this neighborhood and in this world. We're actually supposed to go out into it with this long-term perspective and walk through it and walk with others with a long-term perspective and an immigrant perspective. Look at the rest of verse
1: 13. Again,
0: all these people admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth in this life if we embrace Jesus Christ by faith your perspective your reality what we need to admit is now we are foreigners and strangers we are immigrants
1: in this place
0: as we walk through this entire process now you are an immigrant here this word is important those words that are combined there this stranger this foreigner it's not that you go to another country another city and you have a temporary visa you're a a guest visa you're going to go visit you're a tourist that is not what this is talking about. The closest example for us is that you would have a green card. You came, you were not from the United States, you entered this country, and you are a permanent resident. You plan on staying here, you plan on living your life out here. And as it says later in the passage, you're not going back. This is where I reside. This is where my family resides. This is where we've come, and we're going to be a part of this world as we walk through this process.
1: That describes
0: many of us in here. And if it doesn't describe you, then I would encourage you to get to know someone that it does describe so that you can learn this perspective of an immigrant, of what it means to continue through this life without a security, without a home. I've come from my home. This is just temporary, but I'm committed here. That makes no sense to me. I can't understand that. That's not my situation. And I have to enter into that relationship as a learner and say, help me to my brothers and sisters. Help me to understand what it means to make it beyond. Because we need an immigrant perspective. We have to admit that we are residents here but we are not citizens here. There is a tension there. And it's meant to be there. We, as followers of Christ, live
1: in that tension.
0: We have this future perspective, this long-term perspective, but we remain here and we walk through life and we engage in the culture and we engage with our society and we engage in relationships and we walk with others in this brokenness in brokenness in each other's lives brokenness in our culture and in our systems and we're supposed to walk through that representing this kingdom that's going to come in service in humility and seeking seeking justice Jesus sent out his disciples and he told them to pray and he says pray that my kingdom this that's beyond would come on earth as it is in heaven I'm not a citizen here but I am going to reside here for the rest of my life and while I'm here I'm committed to this place the people around me the place around me the systems around me that I would participate and that people would get a taste of this kingdom to come we don't withdraw. We don't remove ourselves from the brokenness. Or you'd have to go away from your own self. You can't be removed from it. We walk into it.
1: Jeremiah 29.
0: I want to close with this. I think it is the best example
1: of
0: what it means to live as people that are resident immigrants. This is Jeremiah talking to the people of God, talking to Israel, okay? And I want to prove to you this is not something new. If you look at all the lives throughout the biblical story, they were resident immigrants. Okay, Abraham, David, anyone you want to put. Moses, they were all resident immigrants. They were not citizens here. They were waiting and looking forward to this kingdom to come. That was the Old Testament. That is the New Testament. Okay? It's the same. We're moving towards the same ultimate goal. And there were prophets telling the people they've been exiled to Babylon. And there were those telling the people no, 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 no. You're not going to be here for a lifetime. Life is not going to be hard and difficult for a lifetime. It's just going to be quick. It's going to be a year to three years, and God's going to remove us and send us back to back to Jerusalem, back to this homeland, right? We don't have to live like this anymore. And yet, Jeremiah comes and he's like, do not listen to these false prophets. I want you to listen to what God Almighty has told me and what I'm telling you. Listen to this perspective that you need to have as you live in a place that is not your home, where you are not a citizen and you never will be. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon just real quickly notice it says that God did that God sent them out
1: God made
0: them resident immigrants this is a part of his story this is a part of what he was doing and this is what he did with his people I carried into exile I'm in control If we're following Jesus Christ, this is your reality. Admit it. God did this. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens And eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. He's saying you're an immigrant, a resident immigrant in Babylon. But don't just stop. We, by faith, have embraced Jesus Christ and now we are secure that this is our finish. But we have the rest of life to go and Jesus says, do not stop. Plan yourselves there. Grow your families there. Engage in the culture and the society and build up this family of God and continue on. But it's not just about us. Also, verse 7 Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. You're a resident immigrant, but life is not over, continue with life, and while you're doing that, in this place that is not your home, where you're a resident, but not a citizen, seek the peace, it's literally the shalom, the complete peace, the complete peace with justice for this place. Seek to restore this place. Seek to restore these relationships. Seek to restore these systems as you're there as a resident immigrant. Pray for it. That God would get involved. That God would move in that place. Because as it prospers we prosper. We do not Prosper by removing ourselves from the world and from brokenness and from everything that is dirty and nasty and just hiding behind a place or hiding in the church or hiding behind my Bible. And all that I know about God's Word. He says live your life, be engaged walk with people walk in the brokenness, get dirty and experience those difficulties and those circumstances and as they prosper, you will prosper that's the prosperity gospel if you want to prosper give of yourself and care for this place and the people around you as you lose your life as you live like with a long term perspective that you'll never reach not in this life and as you live with this perspective of an immigrant that's what God's word describes here that's what Jesus did think about his life he came to a place he did not belong he came to a people that were not like him and he became like us he became a permanent resident immigrant here he lived his life like this was his only life. But yet his goal, his ultimate goal, was to do the will of the Father. And he knew what that would mean. And he knew this idea of what's coming. My ultimate goal is to sit at the right hand of the Majesty on High and make a way and bring these people that God is not ashamed to call his people, to bring them there to him. Right? We're going to the same place as they were going in the Old Testament. But now, Jesus, who lived as a resident immigrant here amongst us, is bringing us. Not by my might, not by my power, not by what I've done or not done, but by Him if we follow him then we would have this long term perspective we would have this immigrant perspective because that was his perspective he's the greatest example here's Abraham here's here's Sarah here's all these different folks we're going to walk through but Jesus was the greatest example of these perspectives and I don't know about y'all but that's who I'm following and that we would seek that his kingdom come
1: y que on earth que in this reina, place as it is el in heaven. Reino, como está el reino del cielo.
0: I want us to be a people
1: que that
0: are deeply engaged in the culture.
1: Está en la
0: but yet we're deeply different than the culture.
1: Pero somos tan
0: Jesus was otherworldly. But he Jesus walked with the people.
1: Era de otro mundo, pero con su
0: and those that were the furthest off were the ones that would run to him.
1: Y los que están hasta las los que a
0: Is that our case?
1: En nuestro caso,
0: we have to have these perspectives for that to be true of us. Let me pray. No. Father God, I thank you that your word is real with us. That your word does not allow us to walk out of here with a fluffy feeling that will, that will dissipate and just float away as we walk out and as we experience life and as our lives become hard. The moment we stand up out of these seats... But that God, we would hold on to you. And we would hold on to this ultimate promise. That you will be our God and that we will be your people. God, may that make its way to the top of our list and beyond. May it not even be close to anything else in our lives. But not that we would then withdraw from life, but that we would enter into brokenness. We would enter into difficulty because our perspective is long term and because we know that this is not our home, But that as non-citizens of this place that we would be the best residents here. That the world would see us and would see our love for each other and for this world and for this place. And they would be amazed at you, Jesus. They would be amazed at this kingdom that's coming. They would want to be a part of this kingdom. And that your justice would move through us. Your compassion would move through us. And that we would continue by faith trusting your words for this ultimate goal that you have achieved for us. You will bring us there. And so by faith, help us to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen.